We've had some technical difficulties this week, but it matters not. It's Friday. It's NFL Week 2. And you're listening to Lay in the Points with Farley Betts. Let's fucking go! Everybody and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. It's your boy at Farley Betts on Twitter, on Instagram, Chris R. Farley, professional sports better, sports betting writer, and host of this here Laying the Points betting podcast, where we talk in this season every week about the NFL, what we think, what our leans are, our, our analyses, our market evaluation, if you will. We will have a teaser of the week for you. And we'll probably even give it away a free play or two as well, because we're just like we're just nice people. We're just a nice I'm just a nice guy, you know. That's what it's like. Again, you know, you're never supposed to apologize to people, apologize on the business end. I guess that's what they tell you, right? But I meant to get this podcast out on Thursday this week. I thought I was gonna do laying the points every Thursday. Ran into some technical difficulties yesterday. Uh just everything was messing up, making my life. Uh, you know, just making me feel crazy. So uh, a little delay, but we're back with you. Farley bets here. Week two of the NFL. I will do a Sunday show going over what happened in week two immediately after it does happen Sunday night. Um, I, I got a lot of positive feedback about that podcast, just kind of reviewing everything, right? What, what we should believe in, what we should maybe, you know, take a step back about and, you know, maybe pause for a second, right? And let the sample size grow a little bit on some of these teams, right? Because again, it, it was just a one-week sample size. This is going to create a two-week sample size, and we're going to get to know these teams more and more. Do we know who these teams are for the most part? Kind of, maybe, right? Like if you've done your research, you've been analyzing their draft picks, the free agency, like that's what the offseason is for. We kind of know these teams, but inevitably – some teams who you believe are going to go until the very end, deep into the playoffs, are gonna they're going to fall off. They're not going to look like last year's team. And teams who you're not expecting to show up, maybe like the Los Angeles Rams or the New England Patriots, we'll talk about them on the show, they're going to rise to the occasion, right? So it's really important to just be patient with the NFL season. These first few weeks, I always say about after week six, then you can start gaining real confidence in who these teams are. But right now, and really always, the most important part is evaluating the NFL market, watching these line movements, watching and, and observing the way that the sharp betters are thinking, how they're moving those lines, uh, just to get on the best side of that, right? And, and a lot of that is going to come Sunday night, Monday morning, get those early lines, um, anticipating line movement, right? But it can, it can happen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, too especially if it moves a little too much in one direction. I have to mention, sportswagers.ca is my new gig. So I had farleybets.com. It's still going to exist. I'm going to upload my podcast on farleybets.com. But sportswagers.ca, it's a Canadian website run by the Sherwood, known as Sherwood in the betting industry. He's been around forever. He's been running that site for 30 years. 
basically ever since websites like came around, right? Um, in my opinion, the best writer in the sports betting world. And we have partnered up. He's brought me over there to sportswagers.ca. So like today on Friday, for example, later today, go over there at sportswagers.ca and you can read every lean, every analysis that we have right now as of Friday for every NFL game this weekend. Probably going to be some more free picks over there too. Free picks every single day at sportswagers.ca. No gimmicks, just free picks. And like I said before, maybe I'm going to still say it with me added to the website. So I'm pretty damn good writing, right? Like you're going to be able to ingest, digest these write-ups and these these uh, betting angles in a way that you're not going to be able to read or hear at other places. Trust me on that one. Sherwood has been doing this a long time. I've been a fan of his for 10 years. Dream come true for me to work with him. So check us out over there at sportswagers.ca. Okay, week one, let's get started here. Ravens and Bengals. I'm going to go by DraftKings here on this podcast today, so you might get better lines elsewhere. Shop around, folks. Make sure, you know, there. there's probably still some three and a halfs on this line, right? If you like the Ravens, we got a three and a half back in July because I thought that in week one, what we thought was going to happen, happened, right? The Bengals didn't look so hot. I thought they were going to look a little better than that. The Ravens looked better than the Bengals in the sense that they won, right? They double digit. Of course, it's against the Texans, but I thought that I would be able to get better value back in July. Turns out I could have got the plus three and a half this week, but now it looks like it's settled at three. Bengals, three point favorites at home, 46 and a half is this total. Uh, so, you know, bouncing back and forth between three and three and a half. And that line is right. Right. Like this is basically saying these are pretty even teams with a slight edge to the Bengals for home field advantage. Um, and the the question about this game. Right. It's a, it's an X's and O's question. Right. How advanced at this point is Todd Munkin's offense with Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, this new group. Right. They got some new moving parts over there on the Ravens. Uh, J.K. Dobbins looks like he's going to be out again. So there's there's some uh, flux here going on with the Ravens' offense and their roster. But they looked good. They looked good enough in week one. Honestly, it wasn't really that impressive against the Texans. Texans played some feisty defense. So the the table is kind of set, right, for the Bengals to answer the call here. right? They, they would be the side that I think I would want to look at here because they were completely embarrassed. Now, the Browns have the Bengals' number for some reason that no one can really figure out. They just match up well. Uh, they're just not intimidated. I don't know. But it seems like in Cleveland every year, the Browns curb stomp the Bengals. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, Burrow had 82 yards passing last week. It's the worst performance of his career. Their offense couldn't move the ball. Well, three points, right? Um. And their defense couldn't make the stops. I mean, the Browns were able to run the ball. Deshaun Watson didn't play very well, but they did enough. That's for sure. Maybe the weather played into that a little bit, but I would expect Joe Burrow and a team that's been to the AFC Championship game now last year, the season before that in the Super Bowl. You know, this is still a team with a lot of pedigree, a lot of experience. They know how to answer the call when they need to and get motivated. Joey B has a new haircut. 
I don't think that matters, <laughs> but uh, I think the, the Bengals are going to look different this weekend. So I would lean Bengals here. Let's move on. Chiefs and Jaguars, also a three. We're seeing a lot of threes, static threes this week, as the odds makers and sharps don't really want to move that line too much. They're they're comfortable with these threes. And this is another one. The Chiefs coming off a loss, a week one loss at Arrowhead. What are you kidding me? It happened. Right. And obviously, no Kelsey, no Chris Jones. Now, Chris Jones, Chris Jones is going to be back. That's huge for the Chiefs. Signed a deal. He's back. He's a problem. And, you know, Jaguars' offensive line has looked pretty good, but no one's going to like completely stop Chris Jones. And the Kansas City defensive line looked pretty good in the first half last week. The Lions' offensive line is a very good group there. So maybe the Chiefs finally get some pressure. You got to think Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, if he's back, which I actually don't have an update about that. I probably should look into that because uh, that obviously matters. But they're three-point favorites for a reason, right? It's the Super Bowl champ. It's Patrick Mahomes. How often do they go 0-2? I mean, it just it just doesn't happen. But the Jaguars, three-point underdogs at home, a team that you could see clearly. Trevor Lawrence, the way that he kind of can get to that second gear now, right? Like last week. Colts played them really hard, but Trevor Lawrence did his thing in the fourth quarter. You just love to see that from a maturing quarterback coming into his own, that he can reach that second gear. That's what the elite quarterbacks do. I think this is going to be a close game. I would lean Kansas City. I would lean over. I think these offenses are are probably going to take over this game at certain points. And 51, kind of a key number in a sense, right? 47 is a key number. You got four points over that. You know, the 47 is very, like, average, right, very typical. So you're you're estimating that the Chiefs and Jaguars are going to be above average, four points or more above average if you go with an over here. As long as there is no weather complications, which I don't think there is. Um, Chiefs, Jaguars, over, feels good. No play on the side, but lean Kansas City. Raiders and Bills. I feel strongly about this one. This is the... This is the definition of two teams who might have perceptions about them that are that are completely false, right? Because the Bills and Josh Allen really shit the bed on Monday night. Nobody forgets about that. Aaron Rodgers goes down. We're all upset. We can't see Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. But for this game, Josh Allen threw three interceptions. All three of them were terrible decisions. It's, it's on Josh Allen for sure. He fumbled on a drive, I believe, in the fourth quarter where they you know, could have answered right away, answered the call, and got right back into the game. Really embarrassing performance from Josh Allen and the Bills. So what do you think is going to happen in this game? At Orchard Park. Against a Raiders team that won by one point against one of the worst teams in the NFL last season in the Denver Broncos. Okay, so we don't know how good the Denver Broncos is, are, and um, excuse me, and the odds are Denver Broncos probably aren't very good, or they're very average at least. So you have probably a very average team on the road, two weeks in a row, going to Orchard Park, going to Buffalo to face a team that's pissed off. Josh Allen has been trashed in the media all week. I think the Bills make a great teaser leg. In fact, they're the first half of my teaser of the week. 
Bring those Bills down to two and a half. I'll tell you what my other leg is later. But I like the Bills. Got Bills. Not the Bears. I like the Bills in a teaser. Makes too much sense. And I even lean their side of minus eight and a half. I know it's a big line. It's been at nine and a half. It's been at eight. We see it fluctuate. I think the Bills are going to are going to make a statement on Sunday. Still a very, very, very talented team, my friends. Seahawks and Lions. This one's getting weird for me. At first, the start of the week, I was like, oh, man, I love the Seahawks, right? This line is wrong. Over Overreaction from week one. Obviously, Seahawks disappointing against the Rams. I mean, the Seahawks got like 13 yards in the second half, like 12, 12 or 13 yards, zero points. Rams completely dominated them a team that's supposed to be surging this year. And on the other end, you got, you know, you got a media and market darling and the Detroit Lions who are at home, who just beat the Chiefs, who are playing good football on both sides of the ball right now. Ford Field is going to be a crazy. Like, you know, they keep talking about these tickets and how they've been sold out for a long time. Tanya, Ford Field, Detroit, hard to bet against them, but I want to bet against them because of the overreaction here a little bit, right? I like the Lions way more than I like the Seahawks this year, but the Seahawks are 0-1. They're going to be desperate. We saw what the Vikings did last night, Thursday night football against the Eagles. I mean, what, four fumbles, something like that? Three or four fumbles, like, in a row uh, to open up the second half. That was insane. Just gifting the Eagles points, and they still only lost by six. Obviously, the Vikings probably should have won that game. Um I should have talked about the Eagles at the top of the show because I am fucking elated. Sorry, Philly. Fuck you, Philly. I'm elated (laughs) to see Jalen Hurts in that offense (laughs) stutter out there. Why? Because Shane Steichen is no longer with that team. Like, if we all think, if you're watching Jalen Hurts throw the football and you're like, that guy is an elite arm talent, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm sorry. Your evaluation of quarterbacks is terrible. He's average. He's okay. Now, mentality-wise, right, like built, like he's strong, he's got a lot of great qualities. But kind of like a Justin Fields, you force him to throw to win the game. Maybe in Shane Steichen's playbook he's going to do that. I, I don't like the way it looks right now, and I'm not surprised that it looks very mediocre. Vikings defense was looking good last night. The Vikings defense who every NFL analyst in the world loves to trash. So, wish the Vikings would have won last night. It's fine. Back to this game. I think you got to lean Seahawks here because at the end of the day, it's 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 a nice dog play on a team that needs to respond. Pete Carroll coaches these guys up, right? He's, he's a solid coach. We've seen this story before. But, it's hard. It's hard. Lions looking good, man. And Lions are at home. They might not slow down. Chargers and Titans, another three-point game. And you know what? There's not too much to say about this because Tannehill had one of the worst games I've seen from him in a while. Egregious interceptions, bad decisions. Maybe he's at the end of his rope. You know, he's 35 years old. Uh, maybe the, the time of Tannehill is ending. And here comes Justin Herbert, right? And a Chargers offense that dropped over 400 yards, 34 points last week on the Dolphins. Now, the Titans have a better defense, but the Titans, I'm not sure if they have a better defense against the pass, right? That's their vulnerability. 
Again, we kind of saw that vulnerability last week when Derek Carr had to get back in the game, had to do some things through the air. He was able to. It's hard for me to not picture Justin Herbert murking the Titans at home, but it is the Titans. It is Rabel. It's at home. They covered last week. Their defense can be feisty. They can get pressure. They're damn damn sure pretty good against the run. And Austin Eckler is a little a little Austin Eckler is a little banged up. Right, he didn't practice yesterday. Maybe he practices today. Maybe he suits up. The doctors that I'm reading is he probably suits up, but he's limited, right? Which kind of limits the Chargers a little bit. I mean, that guy's a game changer. But Chargers defense, very talented. I'm not going to take anything from 36 points and 500 yards from the Dolphins last week because the Dolphins are going to do that to teams, right? They are the fastest team in the NFL. They're high octane. We saw it at the beginning of the year last year. They play really well at the start of the season. I think Mike McDaniels really has his team ready. So the Chargers defense, I'm not too concerned about them. I think they're a mismatch against this Titans offense. So I I lean Chargers. I mean, that's why they're three-point favorites on the road. But you look, just last December in L.A., the Chargers were also three-point favorites. Now they're on the road in the three-point favorites, which means the odds makers are telling you that the Chargers are now somewhat significantly better than the Titans, right? Maybe four to five points better. Titans just getting granted a little, uh, you know, a little love at home, especially being 0-1-1, but the Chargers are 0-1-2. So this one's different. Makes sense that it's at three. Let's move on. Packers and Falcons. Boy, market can't make up its mind about this one, right? We saw Packers minus one. Now Packers are plus one and a half. Um, I mean, the Falcons didn't really play that well last week. They were okay. You could tell they were clearly the better team against a very green Bryce Young and the and the Panthers, right? A, a learning, developing team there in the Panthers with a new coach, a new rookie quarterback. But um, uh, so I'll just say this: the Packers sound like seem like the better team, right? The more equipped, the more ready team right now. But tough spot. Atlanta gets two straight home games. And we don't know how good they can be, right? Like maybe that was kind of week one, uh, starting to gain steam, starting to gain momentum. And now it all it all kind of shows out, right? And Jordan Love is going to face a tougher defense this week. The Bears, supposed to be a better defense, didn't look like it last week. Atlanta is supposed to be a better defense. They look like it. Now, again, they look like it against the Panthers. Um, but Jordan Love hasn't seen a lot of pressure. If they can get to Jordan Love, confuse him a little bit, then I would favor the Falcons in this one, and the line has shifted in favor of the Falcons. But I think as far as like a higher chemistry, more adult operation right now, that's the Packers. So this is another really tough game. The line is indicated as such, is moving up and down and all around. Let's move on. Bears at the Bucks. This is going to be my free play for y'all. Bears at the Bucks. So did y'all know that these Bears, the Bears, have lost 11 straight games going back to last season? I forgot about that. 11 straight. And I don't think they've covered in four, four or five. They haven't covered in a little while, too, on top of that. Then they're favored in their home opener, and they shit the bed. Right? Expectations are like, oh, my God, I thought our Bears were going to be good this year. Just an excited group of Chicago fans 
going into that stadium, into Soldier Field, expecting much better things. Very disappointed. Double-digit loss to their rival, the Packers. The Chicago media has been tearing Justin Fields and the Bears apart all week. Matt Eberflus, they're all hearing about it. Tampa Bay gets a win against Minnesota with a new defensive coordinator that looked good and then kind of didn't look good. Baker Mayfield read their defense, was figuring out the plays. Okay. But it's still the Bucs, right? It's an older team. It's still Baker Mayfield. Not not a great quarterback, guys. Okay. I'm, I'm happy for Baker last week. He actually showed a lot of tenacity. I'll give him credit. This ain't a great team. The Bears plus two and a half. I think the Bears are going to win this game straight up. I think they're going to answer the call. I think this is a big Justin Fields game. Free play of the week is Bears plus two and a half. When you have that kind of vitriol coming your way in the media and you're set up to face a team that you're every bit as talented as, if not more, which I think the Bears are, the additions that they've made, offensive line, defensive line, defense in general, a little more talent around Justin Fields. I think I think the Bucs are going to look old on Sunday, and they're going to be – I mean, Baker Mayfield always needs to be humbled, but the Bucs are going to be humbled, and the Bears finally get their win. I like plus two and a half. We got plus three earlier in the week. Gave that to my premium clients. I like plus two and a half too. You might as well go with the money line on Chicago. The second leg of my teaser is going to be Colts up six. They're plus one and a half right now. Somehow the Colts are underdogs against the Texans. And the Texans defense looked good last week. Don't get me wrong. But they were facing a new, like a newly formed offense with Todd Munkin. And I'm sorry, uh, Lamar Jackson, who he didn't score very high on the Wonderlick test or whatever that's called, right? Like, I think it's going to take a second for this offense to click in Baltimore. So part of that success that Houston saw on defense early, at least, is, you know, I mean, it actually makes sense that they didn't see as much success later in that game, right? As the Ravens started to figure shit out a little bit. Zay Flowers coming out. Odell Beckham's catching a few balls. The Texans and C.J. Stroud are not a team, in my opinion, that should ever be a favorite this year. The Colts with Shane Steichen, look what's happening in Philly because Shane Steichen's not there anymore. Anthony Richardson made some pro quarterback throws last week. He made some mistakes too. That's going to happen. He could throw a pick six in this game and the Texans win. I'm aware of that. But that's why we're going to tease up the Colts to plus seven and a half, six point teaser, bring those bills down to plus two and a half. I'm sorry, minus two and a half. So bills, Colts, six-point teaser, forget about it. I think the Colts are a better team than people realize. They, they were really feisty last week on defense as well. And I like Anthony Richardson. I think Steichen can do a lot of different things with Anthony Richardson and this offense. They, looked, they also looked better than expected last week. Nearly beat the Jags, and they should have covered. I don't care what anyone says. They were on the goal line with a minute left. Anthony Richardson has to leave the game. So their offense pauses. If he's in the game, that's a QB sneak. You know, they're going to cover. So like those Colts to be teased up six points. Let's move on to a big game. What feels like a big game, even though nobody was thinking this was going to be a a big game. 49ers and Rams. 49ers still getting all the love. Minus seven and a half on the road. Now we know Sean McVay has not beaten 
Kyle Shanahan in eight straight regular season games. You'd have to go back to 2018 to find the last time Sean McVay beat Kyle Shanahan in the regular season. Last year, lost by a margin of 30 overall points in two games. And look at the way the 49ers looked last weekend, right? They were amazing in all, all aspects of the game, right? Defense, offense, made Pittsburgh look like a Little League team, right? I mean, the 49ers, the talent just burst off the screen. But Matthew Stafford and those Rams, I mean, you talk about an excellent QB performance. Matthew Stafford made some throws out there that 95% of the quarterbacks in the NFL cannot make. Kind of still has it. Defense looked like it just has a lot of young, excited talent. Guys like Tutu Atwell. What's that other guy's name? Pakua, uh, Puka something. Listen, they got some guys. They're excited to play. They're at home. This is an age-old rivalry at this point between two big-time coaching rivals who respect the shit out of each other, but they really care about this game. I got to lean strongly to the dog. Don't feel great about it because of how good San Francisco looks. And Brock Purdy in that offense, humming against the Steelers. I mean, there's no harder – is there a harder spot week one than at Pittsburgh? You know, like just like forget about the talent of the teams, just like situationally, environmentally. At Pittsburgh week one, that's rough. And yet, the 49ers shined and then some. So I don't feel great about it. Just a lean. Only giving away leans mostly on this show. You're not a premium customer. <laughs> DM me at Farley Bets if you want my premium picks. But I got a lean towards Rams plus seven and a half here. As you can tell, not a lot of thoughts on these totals just yet. A little too early for me. I don't have too many thoughts on totals um, until I have bigger sample sizes. Giants at Cardinals. The Giants are back down to minus four. The disrespect, am I right? Um, listen, guys, the Giants were a pretty good team last year. They weren't one of the elites, right? They faced, yeah, you know, when they faced San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, they're going to get their asses kicked. We get it. They got San Francisco coming up on Thursday. They know they're losing that game. I think it's on the road, too. Um, it might be at home. I don't know. I should know that. I'm a Giants fan, but it doesn't matter. All right, the Giants are not going to beat San Francisco. But the Cardinals, minus four. I mean, the Giants look kind of scary after that loss, but the market has to be a little off here, right? Josh Dobbs, um, come on, man. I mean, the Cardinals played hard on defense. Jonathan Gannon maybe making a difference for this team, defensively at least. I, I like their effort. I like their grit last week. Giants minus four seems like a pretty solid line to take, though. I mean, the line movement's a little a little iffy, but – it's not an official play for me on this on this broadcast, but that's where I'd have to lean. Jets and Cowboys, man. Again, the perception, right? The market overreaction. Um, the Cowboys were minus three at home before Aaron Rodgers went down. And now it's minus nine. It was as high as minus nine and a half. Maybe we see a 10. I lean Jets. Listen, Zach Wilson's been in this system. I know he's going to make a mistake in this game. He always does. I think the Cowboys are going to be a top five team in the NFL this year. They're my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I get it. Nine points against that Jets defense. That The Jets defense is clearly a top three unit. And I think you can make the same statement about the Cowboys and 49ers. 
So we're seeing two premier defenses. We see an extremely low total, and you're getting nine points. Got to lean Jets here. Just got to lean Jets, right? I mean, it's, it, it, we don't have too much to say at this point because we've only seen them one week. But we know what Zach Wilson is. We know the talent they have in their team. Unless Zach Wilson you know, throws three picks, which he very well could, this should be a close game. Commanders, Broncos, this one's a real head-scratcher, guys. Um, neither team in a win looked very good last week. Sam Howell clearly working through some kinks. Reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield. Defense in Washington is very typical. Very talented. They make some big plays, but then they let some big plays happen, too, even against a team like the Cardinals. Same for the Broncos. The Broncos, very talented defense. You can see it on the field. They fly around the ball. They're aggressive. You know, Sean Payton trying to really institute a new culture here. Russell Wilson looked better. He looked more nimble, more athletic, lighter on his feet. But again, kind of anemic, that offense at, at, at certain points, right? And now the Broncos are minus three and a half at home. Again, the, the Broncos, can, you know, they just keep on getting these favorite lines at home, and I get it. But you got to link commanders here, I think. I mean, what? suddenly the Broncos are just going to blow out the commanders because they're under Sean Payton. And I know they only have to win by four. But usually when you win by four or more, you're in control of the game, usually, unless it's like a back-and-forth game, right? So really tough one. Two teams I don't trust. So then you just got to lean towards the commanders, I think. Listen, guys and girls, it's okay to not know at this point, right? That's why we're not betting on everything this week. Like, if you're assigned up for somebody or if you're listening to a show and they just have a fucking pick for every game, they're idiots. I promise. And it's just for pushing content, right? It's not for actually winning money, investing money, piling up your bankroll. That is not what they're doing. They're just pushing content. And we know half of them don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Dolphins and Patriots Sunday night, baby. Another three-point game, and it makes sense. Why? Because we know the Dolphins' offense can be extremely good. Look at what they did last week. I mean, you talk about speed. Like, how hard are they to stop? And Tua looks fantastic. But then on the, on the other end, the Patriots made the NFC champions of last season look very, very average on offense. Under 200 yards, or what, I guess it was just over 200 yards, but – the Patriots got 130 more yards than the Eagles last week in week one and still lost that game. Again, these fucking Eagles with the kind of luck they get two games in a row. But anyway, we know the Patriots' defense is going to show up. The question is, the Miami defense, pretty average. You know, they have a high ceiling, but they – a lot of talent, but it doesn't always show up. It's an offensive-minded team, right? They're putting up 30-plus per game. It's a lot of pressure on the defense. But that defense in Miami against the Patriot offense, which Bill O'Brien, week one, it looks way better than it did last year. You know, Mac Jones looks more comfortable. They put up, what, three, 360 yards, something like that, 380, I think, maybe. Um, pretty good operation there, it, it looked like. They almost came back and won that game because of their offense last week as well. Patriots, two straight games at home. Dolphins, two straight games on the road. This is three and a half at some books. If you get three and a half in the Patriots, or if you want to bet on this game, I think that's the side you have to go. The hook. Close game. Saints and Panthers, another three-point line. Ay, caramba. The Saints were as high as three and a half. 
Panthers getting a little love now. I think that's just like it's probably just sharps buying back in the Panthers, you know, getting a little scared about their takes. Um, I think the Saints are a way better team, way better team than the than the Panthers. But I get it. It's still it's a divisional game. We've seen the Panthers upset teams that they should lose to before. We saw that a lot last season. Um, I don't have a lot of thoughts in this game. There's a lot of like TBD, right? Derek Carr, kind of a new offense in that way. New players coming back with Michael Thomas, getting getting back in rhythm. Defense, young, talented, can make mistakes. Panthers can make a lot of mistakes. Bryce Young, good kid. Mm, Not sure if he has the talent he needs to stay in the NFL. That's a head scratcher. This one, this one, um, this final Monday night game is, is just as tough, guys. I mean, this is a tough week. Browns at Steelers. Browns, two-and-a-half-point road favorites heading into this season. Like, heading into week one, who would have thought that the Browns would be almost a field goal favorite on the road at Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, two straight home games. But Pittsburgh looked like shit last week. This is very similar to the Bills as far as Pittsburgh goes being really embarrassed last week, wanting to answer the call. Kenny Pickett had that 95-yard drive to end the first half against the 49ers. The 49ers just kicked the Steelers right in the fucking balls at the start of the second half. Christian McCaffrey, 65-yard run for a touchdown, and that was ball game, right? Like, the Steelers knew they're not coming back. But maybe the Steelers come back if that run doesn't happen. I think there's still a better team than the market is indicating here. They're at home. The Browns looked great, but Deshaun Watson did not. It's still kind of pedestrian. Jim Schwartz, if you give him a chance, he he can work, right? Like if the players adopt his culture, his his perspectives, he works. He's aggressive. And the Browns looked different on defense last week. If they can keep that up, this should be a very low-scoring game. And if they can keep that up, they can cover this line. But I have to lean Steelers off that reaction embarrassment from last week. So I gave out a free play on the Bears plus two and a half. I gave out a free teaser, Bills down to two and a half, Colts up to seven and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. We were going fast. We're high octane. We got a lot going on as we start our legacy at sportswagers.ca. Check us out over there at sportswagers.ca. You won't regret it. Leans on every single game detailed write-ups and write-ups that you just won't find anywhere else ladies and gentlemen have a great weekend happy friday let's fucking go nfl week two is here i see you